The human spirit is unconquerable. We are individuals and we are sovereign, born with unlimited potential, gifted from our creator. Our mission is to break free from the systems that bind us. I volunteer as tribute. We strive for peace and prosperity and overcome all challenges, roadblocks, and obstacles. We are empowered because we think for ourselves and we act for ourselves. We are self-reliant and independent, but guided by the wisdom of those who share our values. What possible difference can I make? There is no government, no ruler, nor ideas that are able to stop us. We are driven to succeed because we seek political freedom, financial freedom, and spiritual freedom. It's all for nothing if you don't have freedom. This is Mike Corbell, and you are listening to The Invictus Mind. Well, hey there. Welcome back, everyone, to The Invictus Mind. This is, as always, your host, Mike Corbell, and I have another exciting episode for you today. We're going to be talking about one of the most important elements that are required to become unconquerable. Of course, that is financial freedom. If this is your first time listening to the program, I would like to thank you. And if you're a returning listener, well, thanks for coming back. I try to make this program as consistent as I can, but I do fall short of that goal sometimes, and for that I apologize. But if you are a fan of this show, all I ask is that you subscribe to your favorite channel and please share this program with three of your friends. As this show grows, the better content I'll have to provide to you, and that way everybody wins. Today I'm having a discussion with a friend of mine. Actually, I invited him and his wife to come hang out with myself and my wife the other day, and during our lunch conversation, I thought it would be a good idea to do a podcast. So we set up the microphone in my living room and sort of had an impromptu conversation. Gary is an entrepreneur and a business coach. He works for a company that is known as a fintech, or financial technology company. It's a digital platform whose name is spelled out as an acronym for Living Intentionally for Excellence. In his career... Gary has the privilege to travel all over the Midwest working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and anyone who's looking to possibly escape the uncertainties of the current financial system we are living in. He has a background in the mortgage industry, but Gary decided that he would rather help people learn and understand the three keys to building wealth, which include financial literacy, understanding leadership principles, and leverage. You're going to want to stick around and listen all the way to the end of this episode as Gary and I are going to address the changes we are currently seeing in both technology and the economy. But more importantly, Gary will discuss a possible opportunity for the right person to be involved in what he calls the consumer rebellion. Is it possible to partake in a platform revolution that doesn't just make a couple billionaires even more wealthy, but one that has a potential to create several millionaires along the way? We are going to discuss how having a self-directed education can turn a person's everyday shopping habits into a prosperous resource for saving and growing digital assets like Bitcoin. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Gary Knauer. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Invictus Mind. This is your host, Mike Corbell. I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, Gary Knauer. Gary, I think I've known you for about five years now, right? Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> we go way back, back in our networking days. And uh, we were having a, a great conversation earlier, and I thought that we'd, uh, we'd have an uh, informative conversation for the audience. You know, here we are, and we're not sure if the world's going to fall apart in the next year, the next 10 years, or maybe tomorrow. <laughs> what do you think about what's going on today, Gary? Yeah, the world has been a little bit upside down, that's for sure. I think 
the last year and a half probably represents things that very few of us would have ever seen coming. And uh, I know there's a lot of lot of factors, both good and bad. You know, people through a lot of people have been through a lot of negative stuff, but I see a lot of people awakening to um, different ideas and maybe even starting to consider their own liberty a little bit more, which is something you and I are happy about. <laughs> Absolutely, Gary. I, I'm recalling back to 2019 when you and I had a first conversation for this podcast. It was my second episode, and a lot has changed since then. Everything has changed since then. Yeah. Wow. So for my audience listening, I appreciate the uh, the fan base that we have here, and I appreciate uh, that you're carrying through. We are the Invictus Mind, so we like to talk about things like spiritual freedom and political freedom and financial freedom. And so I have a background in the financial industry. I've been doing insurance and securities and mutual funds, and you have a background in the mortgage industry. But uh, as things have changed, I think it's probably a wise thing for everybody to, uh, to look at uh, what other opportunities there may be out there. We've had a, a year and a half now of people wondering what's going to happen to their job. We've seen mass layoffs because of uh, coronavirus lockdowns, and people are wondering if they're going to have a job going forward, what kind of job security the, uh, there is. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today as far as some of the other things people can do possibly. And we're also going to take a look at, at the financial situation going on in the country. Who knows what's going to happen with the economy we might have massive inflation. We might have a deflationary period, but uh, there are a lot of unknowns going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's in, important too to for people to understand that in the next five to ten years, our world is getting ready to change more than it ever has in history before. And I think 2020 has just expedited a lot of things. Things like people working from home and uh, just you know people ordering stuff, doing things from home, home delivery, that kind of stuff. Um, but when you look and we could do an entire podcast on a lot of these different areas, but we look at things like, you know, 5g or autonomous vehicles, um, quantum computing, right. Uh, 3d printing right now they're building homes in Mexico, um, in 24 hours for 10% of the cost. And they have some, I'm not an expert on this, but they have some kind of microfiber fiber composite material that they use that makes them stronger than what they are here. Boy, and that's great when you're trying to build shelter for a bunch of low-income people, uh, but it's not good for the millions of construction jobs in this country or uh, people that are in you know, landscaping. It's funny, I was out meeting with some people in Rolling Meadows not far from here a few weeks ago, and they had like a robot cleaning their pool. It's kind of weird. It's a guy that owns a tow truck company here in the area. So um, we're about ready to go through massive change, massive change. And, and um, I tell people it doesn't doesn't matter how I feel about it, right? Some of it I might like, a lot of it I might not like, um, but it's happening and it, it doesn't matter what my opinion is, right? And so uh, I think it is in, it's a time where we need to learn. We need to learn new skills. We need to learn to be able to adapt. We need to get a little bit outside of the box because we're going to go through another, you know, we had this, this ushering in of the internet in the late 90s. You know, you and I are of the age where we lived you know, we walked uphill in the snow both ways where we didn't have the internet and young people listening to this, they don't know what that's like. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> um, and we've watched this unravel where, you know, where people used to be scared to shop online and now, right, we're in the mobile revolution and the platform re revolution. And um, and so I, I guess people that resist, just like they resist the, the leaving of the, the industrial age and the corporate age and the information age and now you know, there's, I would probably argue we're in the conceptual age where we have so much coming at us 
it's not a matter of finding information. It's how do you decipher what's coming at you? How do you um, filter that down to what's useful for you, for, to you? But uh, it is definitely a time when we need to learn. Right. Technology is growing exponentially on a scale that uh, even the people who are involved in it right now don't even know what they're doing half the time. They're, they're just, they have all these ideas in their head about what the future is going to look like, but we're just trying to get the nuts and bolts uh, put together. And I think that uh, many people are not ready for this kind of change that is definitely coming, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it's here. So I've, again, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I've been studying quite a bit and uh, millions of people are, are ready to be displaced and they can embrace that and embrace new opportunities or they're going to get hurt. Mm. So on this show, I've been talking to some people uh, about uh, the financial situation in the country. You know, I, I was one of the, the millions of people who have gotten several stimulus checks over the last year and a half. And not that I need the money or anything like that, but uh, I don't know if the government just wants to keep people unemployed and, and give us money. A lot of people might be satisfied with that, but uh, a guy like me and you probably would not just live comfortably on what the government's going to shell out to everybody. No, I mean, first first rule of government subsidies, right? Whatever they give to you, they can uh, take away and use to control you. So uh, definitely uncomfortable with what I've seen from that standpoint. Um, we did, and I'm, you know me, I'm not a big government guy. Um, pretty scary situation where you have government mandating people to close their business. So I've spoke to so many uh, independent entrepreneurs, coached a few through this mess, actually. And, um, you know, un unprecedented times where, you know, you, you have done nothing personally wrong in your business, right? And suddenly your doors are closed. Um, my I do have a heart for those people. <laughs> I'm not saying I had the perfect solution. I do have a heart to help those people, to be honest, against my general principle. Um, but in general, yeah, you can't just pay. People have to produce things, mm -hmm. right? We can't just keep creating money out of thin air and sending it to people because all we're doing is stealing from our own future. Absolutely. Gary, one of the mentors that I listened to, he uh, he has uh, what he calls a nomad network, and he's uh, creating a, a network of entrepreneurs, digital entrepreneurs. And he likes to tell people that in this day and age that it's essential that we learn new skills. Not only do we pay attention to the changes going on in technology, but any kind of skill. And he also says that the most important factor to have freedom in this world is to be able to control your own income and to make it mobile, if at all possible. Yeah. So I was super blessed to have income that that was unaffected. I wasn't married to a brick and mortar location or something. My business was able to to come through these trying times. We weren't quote unquote shut down, although we did have to evolve. Anytime you can't meet with people, I know it's a, we live in a world of technology, but um, business at high level is still about relationships and people. Um, but uh, the there's definitely people are having that thought now, like just in Chicago. I live in Wisconsin currently, but I'm in Chicago quite a bit. I've been in the Detroit area lately, Lansing, Grand Rapids, you know, the Houston area, Rochester, New York. And when I'm out there talking to small business owners and upwardly mobile professionals, I hear a lot of this, you know, we felt good about where we're at. We felt good about how things were. And um, then 2020 hit and now we're in a month to month situation. And this is a, this is a, feeling that we don't want to be in. And I think people are by force are coming to the realization um, that they, they need to diversify, they're rethinking things. And just because we've been through these, these unprecedented things. 
And um, I like how you use the word skills. Number one, people need to understand a skill is something that anybody can learn, right? So um, I don't know if you were an athlete at all or, or not, Michael. I, I was, but just we'll, we'll kind of use a funny example here. Um, you and I are never going to play in the NBA, right? We could, we could want it the worst way. We could have the best coaches and the best trainers and the best nutrition and the best recovery techniques and all the, the best mindset training we're never going to play in the NBA because it takes a certain amount of talent to do that. Right. Um, but skills are something that anybody can learn if they are just willing to apply themselves. So I like, I use the word skills. And the second thing is, is we've got to be learning the right stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was brought up through, I'm, I was a farm kid from Southern Wisconsin and, uh, pretty much, I'm just going to use the word program that I don't mean that derogatory. My parents are wonderful hardworking people that live in a box and still live in a box. When I say they live in a box, they live in a box mentally. They're wonderful folks. You'd want them to play with your kids. You'd want them to be your neighbors. They would have your back. They're, you know, they're, they're wonderful, but they are not a picture of big thinking. They don't, they don't adapt. They're always lagging behind. And, uh, and I was taught that, you know, the, the corporate model of go to school, I'm, I'm just turned 45 for the audience, you know, and I taught that corporate model of go to school, get, good grades, get a safe, safe, secure job and, you know, get a pension and benefits. And in Wisconsin, they teach us to move to Florida and pull our uh, pants up to our armpits and golf. <laughs> right. So I tried golf, um, one summer, first summer back from college, I worked at a golf course and they're really desperate. I subbed for the league and I got up there to drive and I thought this, this can't be that hard. I was an athlete and I hit it about 200 yards straight and 200 yards to the right. I think you guys call that a slice, <laughs> the golfers out there. Um, so that wasn't my thing so much, but all, all kidding aside, um, you know, I, I know the data because of what I'm saturated in. And, you know, we live in a country now, we think of we're the wealthiest country in the world, but uh, 95% of people are dead, disabled, or broke at 65. Those are the facts, mm-hmm. right? 28% of us don't live to 65. And how many people do we know? Or just if you just watch media, right? It's not retirement, it's rehirement or downsizing, you know, people, how many people, you know, downsizing their life or how many times when you go to the Walmart, the, the checkout people are gray haired. I'm not talking about the greeter guy at the door. Like I actually believe he's there to interact with people. I'm like the, the 65 year old checkout lady, right? Mm-hmm. They're not there cause they're bored. Um, so we see these symptoms in society. And I think for a lot of people, I know our, we're generation Xers and we're, we're statistically actually the worst generation with money. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we grew up through these um, the the 80s, the 90s and the early 2000s were the 25 best economic years this country's ever seen. You know, and there's all these political arguments about Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton and who did what. And, and it's all baloney. <laughs> it, it, it has to do with demographics. You had this big bubble in the population, the baby boomers that have controlled more wealth than any generation in the history of the world. And only about 10 percent of them have real retirement. Like the way that we, what we were sold. And so you see all these symptoms in society. You see, if you just keep doing what people are doing, we know exactly where that leads. Right. And the rich get richer and the middle class goes away as we, you know, as we, as we print their hard earned, their blood and sweat away. Right. We, we continue, we're talking about sending money to people. And so I guess what's really important now is first off, having a clear definition of where you want to go. And secondly, understanding, do I have my hands, whatever I do to create income, whether it's a job, a small business, a, 
you know, business, uh, investments, whatever that is, do I have a path to get where I want to go? Lamborghini is a great vehicle, but not if you want to go to Hawaii. Right. Right. And for me, the first thing I understood was I've got to get off of this, you know, work for 45 years, trading time for money, losing 7% buying power on average a year. That's just U.S. Bureau of Labor statistic numbers. And then trying to retire on half of what I made in the best income years of my life, which probably worked years ago when you paid off a house and didn't hardly have car payments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but now we have a country where the, where the average household pays the first third of their income uh, to taxes, right? Um, pays the next third of their income to service debt, to pay the interest on the debt, not to pay the debt, just to service it. Mm-hmm. And then they live on a third, which being attacked by inflation, and it's funny, I work in, with a lot of financial literacy now, but when I didn't have that and I worked in corporate America and I made five figures a month, I was very much an overachiever on those first two. So uh, very, very different perspective now. I've lived in a, in a system, a financial system, where the, the reality is it's set up by a handful of elites. They've made the rules. They benefit from the rules. And we're all just kind of taught what we're taught. And so I think the point I'm trying to get to here is we have to understand we have to get to the right information. Going, um, most people you know don't have results. They don't have the right information. And so just continuing to get information from friends, family, and Facebook and doing what people do will get you in that herd of the 95%. And so how do we, how do we seek out and find information is the real question. Right, and, and that's a good point about uh, information. It seems these days you don't know where to get good information or good information is being mysteriously repressed and, uh, <laughs> and covered up. Yeah. But uh, you, you mentioned force earlier, and a lot of my libertarian listeners will uh, hone in on that word right there. I mean, there's a lot of force going on. But uh, the condition of the world that you were talking about, there was apparent even before the coronavirus. I mean, government has always been a force against uh, against progress, I guess, in many ways. But, well, yeah. but the coronavirus has, has definitely increased the necessity to really pay attention to what's going on because a lot of people are starting to panic now because they don't know if they're going to have that job security or not. But it's the same thing that's been around for years. Mm-hmm. I, you know, In my career as a financial planner, I've sat down with numerous families who are up to their eyes in mm-hmm. debt and are literally clueless about retirement. They, they have no idea how much they need, uh, if they're going to be able to ever retire, they're, you know, they're going to get that job at Walmart, like you, you mentioned, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't want to be there when I'm 65 at Walmart because I have to. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but I think because it come from the financial planning industry, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the tools and vehicles that have been around for, for a long time, they're starting to be obsolete. They're starting to, uh, to change and they're not as uh, attractive or, or sexy as they used to be. Yeah, in so many ways, this system is broken and unsustainable. You know, um, like I said, how do you how do you get the wealthiest generation in the history of the world, and ten percent of them have a retirement? Like the the system is broke. The wealthy are getting wealthier, and and it's it's coming to a head. We're we're headed for change. I guess the question becomes: Do we have enough good people that understand principles? Which way is this thing going to go? Because it's going to change. Right. We were the world is not the, the financial world. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I, heard, I saw a statistic from it's been in the last five or 10 years. So uh, for an annual statistic, there was, you know, four around four billion dollars of theft, burglary, stuff like that from bad guys uh, that year. And there was uh, almost 40 billion uh, collected by banks and late fees. Mm. 
right? And but this this kind of stuff is the the balance sheets on the banks, and I don't want to get off the, the the system is the system's unsustainable. It's it's over leveraged, and uh, you know change is coming. I have some ideas about what some of that is. I know you have some ideas about what we can do. Um, and we're going to talk about some things here in a little bit, maybe to, to start to move outside the system because we are not going to change what a handful of elites have put together, but we can educate ourselves and start to just not participate in the system, not to start be, to be dependent on, on, um, their, their fiat currency or their, their, their paper money. Cause they say it's money. And then the funny thing is it's most of it's just digits, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that have concerns about digital currency, and it scares them. And I understand their initial mindset, but what they need to understand is we're already there. Every time you swipe a credit card, every time you swipe your debit card, every time you make a bank transfer, right, whatever that is, that's digital currency. We're already we're already digital. That's the world. And so maybe we'll get into this a little later, but, um, you know, can we get to a sound currency? Can we get, how do we how do we stop the theft? You know, a hundred dollars in 1913 is worth less than $3 and change today. Right. And, and you just, you cannot, you cannot exchange time for money. Uh, you know, I, I come from oh, both my wife and I come from, um, good, solid, hardworking, decent people that some served in the military and many were farmers and just average everyday people that, that worked hard. Nobody ever handed them anything. They never took a handout. They never did anything, but that, um, you, you can't continue to do that when we're printing money and devaluing it faster than you can make it. Like there, there's no end in sight for that. Something's got to give. Right. And we're not going to get into the philosophy of economics. I mean, we can talk about Mises and Rothbard and, and everybody listening would be like, yeah, talk about that. <laughs> but we want to, we want to take a pragmatic view as to what, the, what can mom and pop do in these days? Yeah. You know, it starts, uh, for me, it opened my eyes back in 2016 when I learned about the gig economy, mm-hmm. you know, we talked, we started earlier talking about uh, whether job security is even going to be a thing in the future, right? And so you couple job security with financial security. Okay, if we're not going to have jobs and our money's not going to be worth much, you know, what? Where can we go? And so I think that one of the best ways to put ourselves in a good position is to have multiple streams of income. And so when I learned about gig economy, you know, you have things like uh, you have your DoorDashes and your Ubers and, you know, of course, uh, people delivering for Amazon. And, and there's there's hundreds of those kind of uh, gigs that you can have out there, side mm-hmm. hustles. But I really think that this idea of being able to control your income, maybe maybe working uh, a side gig into something that's more full-time, this, that gives you the, the flexibility to, to work with who you want to work, not to be worried about whether government's going to shut you down, not to be worried about whether the boss can afford to pay you, and, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about how the digital currency that you're talking about actually works into that. Mm. So, you know, I'm a novice when it comes to Bitcoin. You know, I have some Bitcoin and some Ethereum and um, there, there are, you know, there are digital wallets out there and you can do all kinds of things. But uh, I think that the future is being able to transact with this digital currency, whether it's run by the government or whether it's uh, uh, something independent, something decentralized. Yeah, no, that's really that really we're already there with the digital currency. Right. And a lot of people that are more liberty minded are really scared of that idea. And so the question becomes, is it this this continued fiat situation where they can just go on a computer and and push a button and just create more money and just send it to people, you know, and and create all this inflation? I I know the the um, 
inflation number or the the gross the um what's the word I'm looking for the basket of goods that they represent inflation by what's I'm the, it consumer escapes me index. consumer price index right so the number they post you know takes out uh, I think anything consumed by humans or animals basically food um, energy and like petroleum right so because nobody in Chicagoland needs to eat or heat their house or put gas in their car those aren't important things in our budget right um, and it's it's really kind of been a phony baloney number for years. If if you look at the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics and they just chart big ticket items, you're looking at nine to eleven percent increase in costs. So you know, education, healthcare, housing, gas, these kinds of things. Um, and anybody out there getting that kind of a raise? I mean, even if you got a three percent raise, you know, you probably the copay on your insurance went up, right, and kind of neutralized that. So, and we wonder why people are struggling financially. But, uh, you know, the, the future really is the battle between can we get to a sound money? And, of course, you and I ultimately see sound money as something like gold or silver, or precious metals or, you know, something tangible, which obviously doesn't make any sense as a currency, but it, it, it could actually hold its value. Uh, we can't just make it endlessly. Um, so I'm not any kind of a crypto expert, and I'm sure there's people that are very versed in crypto um, but I really like to talk about the idea of of a decentralized currency, uh, which I believe that Bitcoin is. Mm-hmm. You know that there's a finite amount of it, and uh, I don't know all the data, but there's like 21 million Bitcoins in existence, and they think probably a million of them are lost. Because I mean, I I've got a buddy that's got a Bitcoin somewhere, but he lost his key years ago and doesn't know where it is. And I hear that story all the time, and and so on and so forth. But now the fact that it's mining. It's mining at less than 3% per year, which is about the rate they mine physical gold. I don't know if you're familiar with the Winklevoss tr- twins. I think they own the Sacramento Kings and the Sands mm-hmm. Casino in Vegas. And I'm, not, they're, I'm not familiar with the name. They're, yeah, they're big, big in the Bitcoin thing. And he talks about the idea of it as digital gold and that it actually has some advantages over gold and that the government's confiscated gold before in this country. That's mm-hmm. a real thing. Uh, and that they can't confiscate Bitcoin. So... Um, and it's confusing because, you know, Bitcoin is not any kind of a practical exchange of value, you know, because the blockchain is very heavy. Um, so it's secure, right? I've heard all these estimates about how many times people have attempted to hack it. And I think until, at least until quantum computing or mainstream, I think it's pretty secure. Um, again, some technology guy out there would probably explain this better than me, but, um, you know, it appears to be secure, but that makes it that the the, the uh, transactions are slow, they're sluggish, they're expensive, right? So really the view on that is kind of uh, more of a store of value or a digital gold, something sound um, that you could, that can preserve value, unlike what's happening to our physical dollar. And then obviously through technology, just like now, you know, you can own physical gold, but you can transact digitally, against that physical gold, right? There's There there will be tools like that. Actually, you know, we're, we're with our platform, we're working on some stuff like that now. Um, so that's coming. And like I said, that's that could be, in my opinion, freedom money <laughs> or, or something that would be good for the people. And I hope that's the direction we're going. But I, it's funny, I have all these, com- I've gotten more phone calls in the last year and a half uh, from people about, you know, what do I do? Like they, these are smart people. They've got some assets. They've worked hard. They've been secure. They're like, what, what do they do? And I, I just tell them, I say, I'll, I'll tell you some things that I feel that I know, but 
it is the wild west out there. Mm-hmm. And I think be really, really careful of people that think that they have it all figured out. I, I think the, the amount of, the, the, the amount of moving parts that we have, I mean, we've never really seen a government just handicapped an economy like this and so on and so forth. We've never, we've never, this is unprecedented among the money printed. Right. So I, even the smartest guys and there's some smart ones out there. Um, I don't think actually know where, where this is going to go completely. Uh, and I just tell people like, if you want to be super secure, go, <laughs> go to gold and silver. I'm comfortable telling you that you're safe there beyond that. I don't have a crystal ball. Um, there's a lot of theories, but that this is something so big and so massive. We've never, we've just never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never seen a, a country with this kind of debt. We've never seen this kind of monetization of debt, meaning we can't pay our bills as a country. So when you turn on the TV and they talk about fancy language like quantitative easing, it, it just means that we can't pay our bills. So they print money to pay the interest on our debt as a government. So, and then when you start looking at, um, you know, I feel terrible for, um, people that were told, Hey, you need education. And you and I agree, you know, you and I are, we're bonded in our friendship under this idea that people need education. I would suggest to you, and I could probably give you about a three hour podcast (laughs) backing this up with data that, um, schooling and education, while they can be the same thing, have shown to not necessarily be the same thing. And, and even, even if we just take a real basic explanation of, you know, technical training is good in this country. We have some of the best technical training on the planet in terms of like engineers, physicians, stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a credentials guy and I know you aren't, but doggone it. If I ever need brain surgery, he better have a credential that says he can work on brains. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to get brain surgery from a YouTube guy. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are circumstances, right. Where that's, I'm all for that. And we have some of the best technical training in the world, but for the masses of people, um, they get to the workforce and they're not equipped with the skills. We're going to keep coming back to that word skills. You use that. I like it a lot. They're not equipped with the skills that really pay communication skills, conflict resolution skills, uh, the ability to understand other people, you know, the ability to, um, you know, sales training that, and that used to be a dirty word with me. I hated the word sales training and, or sales. And, uh, now I'm, I have a completely different understanding of sales. It's about, it's about really investing in a person and helping them find value. Right. But these are the skill sets that pay in the marketplace. And, um, you know, somebody's history degree and I'm all for history or somebody's psychology degree. And, uh, you know, when, when, um, so this, I'm going to give you old data cause this is the last data I saw. And I don't like that, you know, they say however about 88% of statistics are made up on the spot. So <laughs> I try to be careful never to embellish, but old data was that um, 55% of college grads were never going to interview in the field they studied. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three out of four will never work in the field they studied. And the ones getting a position or in an annual salary less than what they were in debt. So I think the average student loan debt number now is is probably just under 40000 but you got to remember that includes everybody who tried junior college for a semester and has debt from it. They're right. included in that number. Right. And then what do you do? Typically, if you went to college, you might, it's a good chance you'll marry a college grad and you go ahead and pool your poverty and you start life with a mortgage, but you don't even have a place to live. And, you know, one, one seven of trillion debt out there, which is now it's the first time in history, the recent couple of years, we've had more student loan debt than, um, credit card debt. And so, uh, 
we've, we've got to figure out how to learn the right stuff. You know, I love guys like your mentality because you're a self-directed guy. What we, what I call, or what people smarter than me would call self-directed education, right? You're learning history, you're learning financial literacy, you're learning leadership. You're, you know, you're more of a tech guy than I am. You're working on tech skills that you can diversify and create streams of income and uh, so on and so forth. You know, I love that. We, uh, I coached a couple out of uh, Rockford, Illinois. Uh, I coached them in their business basics and, and their, you know, provided information, got them tools and, and the financial literacy aspect. And they went from, uh, he was a, he was a biochemist at Carrying Ingredients, massive company. They employ like quarter million people across the country. They have a big facility up here just across the border, mm. just north of the Cheddar Curtain. Okay. <laughs> and uh, she was working, I think, part-time and some kind of psychology thing, right? And they came to me, and they're in their 20s, and they're, you know, the wife's practically in tears. just like, I don't know how we could ever have kids. Got a quarter million dollars of student loan debt. You know, we don't even have a home yet. You know, like, and uh, so just through applying the right information. Now, in short, the right information is is through people that have the result you're looking for. Remember when I, I was in radio for a couple of years, that was kind of my tagline is, you know, everybody's got an opinion, but do they have the results you're looking for? Mm-hmm. And I know you've read a lot of Robert Kiyosaki, and and uh, I've like a lot of his education and liked him a lot more in 2020 as he's came out really strong for tangible assets. Mm-hmm. A different, he's known for all of his concepts about using leverage and stuff, and and that the dollar is debt. And suddenly he was just all over this. Tan- you know, he's he's a smart guy that that takes a lot of different things that the elites would want you to think are complicated and he has a good way of making them simple, I believe. Um, but he, he had such a good tweet one time. Or, well, he has good tweets all the time, but he just talks about, you know, stop, stop taking advice from broke, broke people or stop taking, you know, um, or, you know, stop taking advice from salespeople sometimes, you know, I, uh, um, so on and so forth. But um, I guess most people don't have it figured out that's just data mm-hmm. you know i've been blessed to fall in with people that that have some things figured out and and uh associate with guys like you that have some things figured out because we've we've sought information from people that were a lot better than us right that were where we wanted to be right and and so um again the whole where are most people getting information mm-hmm. you know um i remember my mentor's mentor orrin woodward who's um a guy that him and his wife, they gave way more than their entire income in 2020. That's amazing. You know, they, they have, uh, they have nine acres on the the Bay in Port St. Lucie, Florida. That's the largest property in the intercoastal there. They have a large property up in Michigan. There's a lake on one side they own, they own two thirds of the lake on the other side. And, you know, it costs about a half million dollars a year just to maintain their properties. Right. And so why do I tell you that not to go look at what they have? I, I, uh, they have true freedom. Like they have assets that pay for their lifestyle indefinitely. They've won international awards for what they've given away to charity. Right. Um, and so th- there are, there are people that have principles out there that we can, we can learn from, but if we continue to follow the same, the same old path, the data is, is ugly, mm. you know? So there's, there's, you know, they talk about techniques or many principles or few techniques always change. Principles never do. We need to understand principles, right? But then understand we are in a ever-evolving world 
and we have a lot to learn coming up here quickly. Right, I agree. There's a, a conversation going on in liberty circles about uh, what the best way to ensure freedom is. And I've distanced myself. I've said this a few times already mm-hmm. in the podcast. I've distanced myself from being a political activist. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that there's any future in uh, preserving liberty or finding freedom in the political arena. There's no governor. There's no president, in my opinion. There's no representative that's going to make us more free. So it's in our own hands. And uh, I want to draw back to what you said uh, just a second ago about education. You and I, when we first met, I think that uh, you presented me some information that was really intriguing. We come from a similar background, but uh, I think we, we have a little bit of a different way of achieving the education. And I, I was really intrigued by uh, the company that you're working with, mm-hmm. the platform they have that, that offers financial education. Because in my experience as a financial planner, again, I, I can sit down and I can teach somebody about insurance. I can teach somebody about how a mutual fund works. I can teach somebody how to get out of debt. But I'm not, I'm not sure I can teach them about uh, you know, consumerism when it comes to the crypto space. And I think that's what really attracted me to your platform is mm-hmm. that uh, you're taking uh, this idea, and, and, and there's there's over 2,000 cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, right? I think there's about 11,000 right 11, now. 11,000. They're, okay, they're so launching. There, there's entire – I just talked to a guy the other day. I was getting recruited to invest in something, and uh, I thought I was getting on to talk about a currency. Well, the guy was part of a mar- marketing company. And all they're doing is launching these new tokens. Okay. They're the they're they're the the, the PR point for it. Uh, they're 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 just everywhere. I think I'm going to give an opinion. I hope this doesn't rub you the wrong way. Um, th- well, Bitcoin's the number two most searched thing on the internet right now, behind COVID. But cryptocurrency in in general is um, a massive buzz right now. In a world where people are confused, they've been blindsided, they're looking for ways, they're looking for opportunities. And, you know, everybody's heard stories about Bitcoin billionaires. Everybody knows there's a guy here in the suburbs that supposedly made, you know, $10 million off a of Dogecoin, right? Um, but they don't hear the stories of the, the thousands or people or hundreds, you know, the people that got slaughtered. We don't hear those stories, right? It's kind of like I'm a, I'm a chronic serial victim of identity theft. It's like beyond ridiculous. <laughs> and you don't go around and brag to your friends about that, right? Um, and so people are looking for things. But unfortunately, when, when the herd, because um, there is a little herd mentality, the same way there was a herd mentality, if you're old enough to remember the 2008 housing bubble, mm-hmm. right? Or, the, man, a great movie to watch that's so accurate was The Big Short. Right. Right, that movie, the language I can tell you from having, you know, I managed a, a, I managed a mortgage broker on the north side here. We had over a hundred in-house lenders. You know, we covered three states. Like I can tell you, the language and the terminology that they use and everything is that is a very accurate movie. The, the the scene where they're at the strip club and he's talking to the girl like while she's working about, oh yeah, I have these three investment properties that like she barely knows what's going on and she's got that was real. That was happening. We were lending 110% loan to value, meaning we were lending 10% over the value of the home to people to build homes in the desert in Vegas. And that that was all very, very real. And so, and then if you're a little bit older, there's the 2000 tech stock bubble, right? right? Where there was companies that weren't even companies that were trading, right? I think we need to be careful. There's a herd mentality right now around crypto, right? I like what crypto can do in our, more so blockchain, more so decentralized in terms of sound money and um, security. I like what blockchain can do to secure our lives, for transparency, to get rid of middlemen, 
to get rid of quote unquote trusted third parties, right? Right. We're hearing uh, some vernacular like uh, smart contracts and DAOs, right? Mm-hmm. Decentralized autonomous organizations. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that, uh, well, I know that a lot of that is over my head right now, but there's there's some hope there to use a uh, a phrase that uh, many people recognize the white pill there's there's hope that there's there's ways to get out of the some of the pains that people are feeling in the future with this technology yeah i think i think the average person uh, is realizing the system's rigged they just don't know where to go they don't they don't know where to go from here right and and, and that's why i want to spend a few minutes talking about the, the platform that you're working with mm-hmm. because uh when you introduced it to me uh you were telling me that uh I can just change some of my habits with shopping. I can go. I can go to the grocery store. I can go to a restaurant. I can go uh, on a vacation, and I will get rewards. Mm-hmm. And you hear about rewards from credit card companies all the time. But I think the thing that you really got me hooked on was the fact that you can get rewards in uh, in the blockchain in in, in the crypto space mm-hmm. just for doing shopping. Yeah, yeah, and and there's rewards programs everywhere. And what's really cool about this platform is it stacks with all those. So we can double dip and that kind of stuff. Yeah, we really we really launched, and uh, this is spearheaded by the, I mentioned the gentleman earlier, Orrin Woodward. Uh, him and his um, his buddy from corporate America. They met at in when they were 18 years old. They were um, seventh level senior engineers by their mid 20s. Orrin had three patents in production, and I've been told by engineers the chances of getting a patent in a production are one in 18,000. Hmm. He had three in production. And a national benchmark in the war that only two American-born citizens had won. Um, and I won't tell you the name of the company they work for, but the initials are GM. And uh, Chris Brady was number two in his class and ended up winning the GM fellowship, which is like a one-in-a-thousand type reward. Mm. So these guys were systems geniuses. They were high achievers. They were going to get to the top of whatever they were doing because they were willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. And there is work involved with success, right? It's what do they say? Success. Most people don't recognize it because it, it, it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. <laughs> um, but uh, they also were smart enough to know that they, it wasn't sustainable what was going on in that industry. And I think it was Oren's boss that died at age 43 in his sleep, his good friend too. Hmm. And Chris Brady's boss died at age 53 at work on a Saturday. Now, don't get me wrong, from the outside, those guys. So the, these are the upper-level executive positions that these guys are being um, – they're on the fast track, the corporate fast track, all the titles, all the credentials, you know, the, the, the fancy house with the, in the gated community and, you know, where they light up the trees. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Did you know that trees don't see? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they had all the trappings, you know, prisoner to their pager. And so these guys broke out of that, and then in the past 20, 25 years – uh, they've done a couple different things. They've run some multi-million-dollar leadership companies. One at one time did corporate training. Over over sixty percent of CEOs of Fortune five foreign companies were using their content. A lot of that content is now involved into. It's accredited by Christian universities and different leadership programs. And and um, so in 2011, they founded a company, their their own deal. No more partnerships. They owned every piece of it. And, um, the company was called Life. It stands for Living Intentionally for Excellence. And that was all about leading people to just what you love, <laughs> right? Financial, spiritual, and uh, political freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And and leading people to truth. And uh, they do it through um, extensive curriculum and what we call the three keys to wealth, mm. right? So financial literacy, um, leadership, you know, developing people personally, professionally, 
and leverage, meaning how do we develop, how do we help people develop assets in their life instead of just continually trading their, their most valuable non-renewable resource, right? Their time, they can never have it back. And, and instead get them in a mindset of developing assets, right? I remember when I heard about, you know, I, I come from a place where nobody talks about assets. It's just all grunt work, right? Mm. And I started learning about assets that could kick off cash flow that could provide lifestyle. I'm like, this sounds pretty sexy, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, you know, the company took a big turn here about two and a half years ago and became a fintech or a financial technology company, right? So they've launched a digital platform. It's based on a blockchain technology itself. And really what we've launched is the consumer rebellion, we call it. Um, what, what we've realized is everybody who's developed these platforms, um, they've all become billionaires. And we, all, we know all the names, right? Bezos, Zuckerberg, right? And so they, they've built out these platforms and all platforms offer perks, right? You can define for yourself what those are. I mean, you know, if you're on Facebook, uh, people think it's free, but I would argue that you pay with your time and your information. Right. They say that if something is free, then you are the product. <laughs> so, you know, but but Facebook has perks. I like seeing my pictures of my nieces and nephews. And, and uh, I know people that do things in the marketplace and they like that. And so they're, it's a tool, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, Social media is a tool and, and good people do good things with tools and, well, bad people are bad, right? A hammer could build a build an orphanage in a third world company or could, country or it could kill somebody, mm -hmm. right? It's just a tool. So, But all these platforms, they all offer perks, um, but they also generate billions in profit through, you know, they get that many eyeballs in one place and they market to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not against marketing. Like, I'm all for entrepreneurship. People need a place to, to, to move products and services. People need exposure. I'm not against that. I'm just, this is what it is. But all we realize is all these billions and billions of dollars are going to a handful of people. Right. And so our platform's the same. Now our, I would argue that our perks are way better and I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, but we've decided to take those profits and funnel them back to the local community. Mm. Right. So, and so, uh, this platform is, um, we actually, so that I, I mentioned a couple of the primary founders of the company, uh, but they were really community based. They don't take profit off the top of the com company. Um, and so there's people that just utilize this platform and utilize the perks. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I think it's important to cover a little bit of that. Um, but then there's some of us that go out and share this message and then we share in the profits. And I literally, so Orrin Woodward, the gentleman that I've talked about him and his wife, Lori, um, you know, he's got tens of millions of dollars of infrastructure into this platform, and I don't. But he's actually given me the same opportunity uh, income-wise if I want to share in that, which I think is amazing. I haven't found that anywhere on the planet. So uh, so what are some of the perks? Well, we've got, we're using this matchmaker concept um, that Uber, and you're familiar with Uber, everybody is, right? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, when you're little, your parents are like, now don't get in the car with strangers, mm -hmm. right? And now we have an app for it, right? <laughs> um, so Dan Hawkins, my mentor, awesome guy, one of the top speakers in the country, um, multimillionaire, like an auto mechanic that that had hooked his wagon to Orrin and Chris and their wives, and him. And he was an auto mechanic and married to a daycare provider, and you know, just created an awesome life. And uh, he's been so impactful in my life. He calls it a hitchhiker app. Mm. But, uh, you know, all they do, they're just a matchmaker. You know, they're taking people that are looking for the gig economy. 
back to the gig economy, right? They're connecting riders and drivers and they don't have a factory. They don't, they don't produce a vehicle, but they do about five and a half million transactions a day. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's in a world where a lot of the world's not online yet. Mm. Right. <laughs> a lot. And so, uh, Airbnb, if you're into real estate at all, you know, all about Airbnb, right? Uh, they're now renting more hotel rooms than the next five hotel chains combined. Sure. And there's a lot of companies like that. Uh, I mean, going back, I don't want to make up statistics, but, uh, you know, uh, Airbnb is one of them. They, they actually have more real estate than, than any of the largest uh, hotel chains out there. Right. Well, I would say they have access to it, but they don't have the liability. It's yeah. a, it's an amazing concept. Right. Yeah. And so when you talk about opportunity, you know, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry that somebody can actually get into without on one service. Yeah. On one service. So that's that you're leading me where I was going. So through this platform, um, we said, and when I say we think smart, you know, Orrin and Chris are ranked by Inc magazine. Who's the top business publication on the planet and the top 50 leadership and management gurus to ever walk the planet. Think, uh, we have, I just found out we have two of the top 10, coders there's a way to track coding hmm. right the it people could get on here and explain that i'm not that guy but two of the top 10 coders in the world work for us hmm. okay we just brought on a new independent contractor from israel and we're because we're scouring the planet for the best it people and they looked at what the these guys have done um in two and a half years and they said if you came to us we'd need five to eight years and 47 departments to put this together so we're talking about tens of millions of dollars of infrastructure that's paid for the company's debt free uh, but if Uber and Airbnb can make a, comp a company with a valuation in the tens of billions of dollars off of one service, we just said, what if we took everything legal, moral, and ethical and matched it with everybody on the planet that has a Wi-Fi connection, right? Because right now you can access the platform through any device, right? You can access it mobily as part of the mobile revolution through a concept called a super app. And actually, Forbes has done an article on this now. We're first in that space, too. I'll get you the article if you want to post it for your for your listeners. Um, and so we've t extended this concept, and, you know, we've, we've got partnerships with about 300 mainstream brands and growing, and people can get instant cash back. And I, and, um, I know there's cash back apps like Ibotta and stuff out there that give you a little chicken scratch and some points, and if you don't keep buying things, then they take your point. No, this is somewhere between, you know, uh, well, collectively, but between, you know, one and a half and 24% instant, instant, uh, tax-free dollars of buying power back into your house, just off rewards for things that you're doing already, everyday things, food, clothing, recreation, servicing your vehicle. You know, um, we, we have a digital marketplace that I love. It's a manufacturer direct concept. This is kind of a pure if you're into entrepreneurship and you you ever see the show Shark Tank? Absolutely. Right? Uh, I love our – my wife's addicted to Shark Tank. <laughs> like if you're at the gym and you see her on cardio, she's for sure watching Shark Tank. By the way, if you've never seen Shark Tank or if you have seen it but you've never seen the Farmer episode, mm. just get on YouTube and Google. Um, just search for Shark Tank Farmer episode, and in about 7, 9, 10, 11, whatever minutes, you'll find a segment – if that doesn't restore your faith in humans, I don't know what it is. I cry every time. So side note there. But, um, you know, Shark Tank, you've got these upstart entrepreneurs, passionate people. They've developed a product or service that, you know, you might almost call for someone like this is their calling. Like this is their baby. They've got everything invested in this. Mm -hmm. 
right? And they come on the show. Why? Why do they want to partner with a Mark Cuban or a Lori Griner? Well, they're they're probably they've they've made some sales and they've done well locally, but they're stuck. They can't scale it. So what does the shark bring? The shark brings capital. The shark brings know-how, a brand, relationships, mm-hmm. right? Vision, all these things that 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 person needs to partner with and they're willing to give up half their company to do it. And so our concept's a little different. We say, "Hey, if we vet you and we like who you are and we think that your product or service brings value to our marketplace, then um you can partner with us for free." Hmm. Right? And so you're already, you know, manufacturing and labeling, shipping, servicing, doing all these things. We're going to bring you to the most important thing, right to the consumer. And if you're a free market person, you love this because the consumer will literally decide if you, if you, how well you do, right? It's a true free market concept. And then you don't have to kick back to us until after you've made a sale. So you have no front end risk, Mm. right? You can go all in without risking anything that way. Um, and same with the big merchants, they partner on our platform for free. The blockchain technology wipes out their merchant processing fees that, ex- that ex- we're giving them one to 6% back. But this marketplace concept, I, I love it cause it can go anywhere, right? We have a lot, we have consumables. We have a lot of different services. There's a gal here in town. She's using a service called real home rewards that bundles all the services you need to buy or sell a home. Not only is she, when she sells her home, getting like a $2,200 check just for using the services she was going to use already, they were so thorough that when they sit down and reviewed her information, they realized she's 67 and she had overpaid on property taxes two years in a row. Wow. So they came, brought, showed her exactly the information she needed to go show to get a check back. She'd get like another 1000 back on her property taxes. So um, really cool stuff. But uh you know, the, the concept's working great. We partnered with, uh, so why do I love this? Because it's so direct. And then I believe this is the future, okay. right? Walmart is now partnered with us in, in our merchant portion. And you're like, why would Walmart want to partner with us? We're, we're 300,000 users. We're getting real. I mean, we do have reach in 20 countries, but because Walmart understands that this is the future, right? If Johnson and Johnson and everybody else is, cause uh, I say to people like, what does Walmart make? Well, they don't make anything. Mm-hmm. They're just a distribution center, right? I already, I don't want to get, unless you want me to talk about it, I already know what the new Walmart store, they're not stores. They're going to warehouses. They'll be pickup and van delivery. I got this right from their guys, right? Um, what's to stop Walmart, what's to stop Johnson & Johnson from going straight on a platform like ours and just cutting them out? Not a thing, right? We partner with a top health and wellness company out of Europe, a company by the name of Zenzino that I love. You know, they launched about a, a year and a half ago. They, they were one of the early companies in our marketplace. They launched their flagship product. After a little negotiation back and forth, they brought four times the inventory to North America. They thought they would need to launch for 30 days. We sold about 20 minutes. So immediately they started the process of launching another dozen products, gave us a better deal three times in 12 months. That's a true free market. I love that concept. Right. And so you're spending a few minutes talking about some of the benefits for businesses mm-hmm. to be part of the network. Mm-hmm. I think that what I'm hearing is that uh, you're taking away a lot of the revenue that these companies will use in advertising because you're, you're, you're going directly to the consumer, but there's already a pre-built network there where consumers are regularly using these products, but now these companies can actually market through the network without having to actually advertise and, and, and spend new money chasing new customers. Yeah, it's huge. You know, the, the, the big brands spent $151 billion in 2018 on social media, and it, it's so saturated, mm-hmm. right? And so when we say partner here for free, 
right? We'll we'll give you your merchant processing fees back, and then you just after you've made a sale, kick back to our people, right? So, and most of that goes as a reward to the to the user of the platform, and then some comes to our company to the people that share that, right? Um, but really, we're just saying, hey, we're in a, we're in a platform re- revolution. People are using these platforms, and yes, they're getting the perks. If you consider Facebook per like people are using these platforms and there's billions of dollars. Well, the, the billionaire's net worth increased by a trillion dollars since the beginning of 2020, the, 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 the founders of these platforms. Mm. So we're saying you're already doing these things. You're getting some perks, but why not? Part, we're not interested in making another billionaire. We're interested in making thousands of millionaires or hundreds of thousands of hundred thousand heirs or whatever that is for people that, that do are ambitious. And if somebody's not, no problem. I mean, we, not everybody's like you and I, Mike, some people don't have an entrepreneurial bone in their body. That's fine. But what I'm really excited about is if they'll just use the platform, it will pay them. <laughs> right. And, and, um, if they're interested in that they can get the details in that, but to utilize the platform, just to do it, you just, it's this simple, change your payment method, right? Do what you do already. Just change your payment method to be more secure and get the kickbacks. Right. And I'm not going to, I don't have time to get in the rest of the stuff. We do some ridiculous stuff in the travel space. We, we, we have world-class award-winning education on there. We talked about a place to find education, but what I'm really excited about is we're getting, we're going to have an official pre-launch here in, a, in the mid October. Uh, but soon people will be able to take between one and a half and 24% those rewards that they're currently getting. And they'll be able to, in a safe way, move those they'll have the choice they don't have to but they'll have the choice to move those into bitcoin mm. and develop an asset into a into a wallet that they will own and um you know that's something when i talk to people everybody wants it's funny i'm out talking to people a bit everybody wants to talk about bitcoin doesn't matter what level of no they know about it even if they don't know anything they want to talk about it it's a buzz right now and people have all these concerns about bitcoin isn't it vol- is it isn't it volatile and isn't it, you know, that wall, maintaining a wallet, that's complicated. And I heard that people lost their currency and I heard that this person got scammed. You know what? It's all true. Every, every one of those things, there's truth in all of that. And that's why we want to, we want to create this space where people can do this for no risk. In other words, we're not saying invest. Is Bitcoin volatile? Yeah, it's volatile. It's also the number one performing asset of the decade. I think you and I looked at some math today in, in the last year, so if you had a thousand dollars a year ago, based on current inflation numbers, that would give you about nine hundred and thirty dollars of buying power today. But we looked at it and it looks like a Bitcoin's about four hundred percent increase. Where are you gonna get that? Exactly. Right? So but we're not even arguing if if you about throwing money at Bitcoin, we're saying what if you could take between one and a half and twenty four percent of things you of uh, transactions you were making already on food, on clothes, servicing your vehicle recreation just i mean itunes is our platform i got people that pay bills that are getting get, getting kickbacks that they'll soon be able to convert convert into bitcoin for paying their bill it's yeah, crazy it's crazy that's that's amazing <laughs> gary let me uh, let me give you a little testimony of uh this past summer i, I used your app exclusively mm-hmm. on our family vacation so i took the family across the country we drove to california and so uh you know we, we did all of our budgeting the planet and we, we put uh, a certain amount of money in the app in other words we transferred it from our bank and we put it on the app 
And uh, as we started driving, you know, I got the oil change using the app. So I think Jiffy Lube is what we use. So yeah. you know, I got 8% kickback. I got a little bit of- I think uh, you got 8.1 plus 4, actually, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Well, so yeah. the, the, the 4 was in the crypto uh, uh, asset, and, and, and the 8% was just cash back into the account. And then we, we would go to a restaurant. We would go to Chili's, or we'd go to Texas Longhouse, or we would go to- um, there, there was probably like 200 different mm-hmm. restaurants in there. So we had our choice of doing it. And- I'm seeing we, the money that we budgeted going to these restaurants, and including the tip, we're, we're, we were using it. It's a secure transaction. It's private, it, it, so my bank doesn't even have to know that we went to these places. They don't know. And every single yeah. time I use that, I'm getting a kickback. So you know, I'm going to have dinner. We made 8%. We made 12%. And I'm like, okay, so by the end of our vacation, the money we had budgeted already, we had an extra amount of money to, mm-hmm. to go, hey, we're back from vacation. We, we made money this whole time. But not only that, uh, some of the furniture that I have in my house, I've been able to order online, but nobody has to know that. It's completely private. And I think that that is really intriguing to me is that you can put your current working assets onto this app, and they know that, well, I, I use the proverbial they, right? The government knows that you might have funded this app. Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. And his cronies. They don't know what I spent that money on, though. They don't know that if I had an no. oil change, if I ordered some, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a gun guy, but I could say I'm going to go to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and I'm going to I'm going to you know buy some mm-hmm. materials there that nobody wants to know about, and it's on the app and it's a private transaction, and I made money just for doing that. Yeah, I know a few gun guys, but no, it's awesome. You know the the blockchain the 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 process. Not only does it give those merchant processing fees back, which I actually feel good about because. Uh, those fees go to five big banks. That's so we're, I feel like just there, just that process, you're taking money out of the hands of big bankers and giving it back to businesses and individual people. I love that. In other words, um, you and I care about something like that. Homer Simpson doesn't, Mm -hmm. but Homer Simpson still goes to Buffalo wild wings and drinks, energy drinks and travels and things like that. So what these guys have done is they've created a platform that's sexy enough that Homer Simpson now becomes a part of a problem that he doesn't even care about. I love that aspect of it. But, uh, yeah, through the, this, you never share personal information, which is another big point. These platforms are absolutely, you are their asset. Their profile, I mean, how many times have you said something and 30 seconds later you looked at your phone and they're advertising to you? Yes, yeah, creepy. So we want to we protect, protect your information. You know, how many, and these platforms are censoring you. You know, I think I posted... First Amendment or Second Amendment or something like back a year ago on social media, and they they took it down. Somebody, an old person I knew from high school, messaged me and they go, "Hey, what did you put up there?" They took it down, and I'm like, "Like the Second Amendment or First Amendment or something." Hmm. And they they you know so. Just side note, side note: the fact checker people are absolutely the suppressors of truth these days. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're 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 they're. they're, they're harvesting your information and selling it you know you're their asset i mean um and we want to protect people from that so but yeah i'm excited i um where we're going like you said all those the rewards that you got on your trip soon you'll be able to move that into something like bitcoin and so and if we just took conservative numbers you know say if you had a thought that same thousand dollars you had in fiat currency a year ago and it would buy you about $930 of buying power today. If we just take a conservative number, say you put that into Bitcoin and wrote out the volatility, you'd have, you know, four grand plus. 
What if you just left that for a couple of years and continued to take bits of your transactions, one and a half to 24%, and just kept adding into that and watch that compound? And oh, by the way, because it's your asset that you own, maybe now you want to borrow against it for a down payment on a home or like the, the options to start banking with yourself. Really, we're trying to get people outside the bank. In other words, that system that we talked about, what are solutions? Well, one of the solutions is just don't participate in the system. Every time you pay off your credit card and and are done with it, and every and I know it's a hard world to live without a credit card, but you know every time you you know pay a mortgage off, like you you're opting yourself, you're you're starving that system, right? And so that's definitely one solution. If a bunch of us just said. You know, we're not going to take on that system and change it, but what if we created something that people actually would prefer, right? And I think that's exactly what these guys have put together. Yeah, I like how you you mentioned it's a consumer revolution. I, I want to close with a couple of thoughts because we did start talking about uh, uh, the need to be an entrepreneur. And I think that ultimately the the, the thing that really attracted me about, about this platform is not only just the benefits and the perks that we get, the privacy and, you know, building up digital assets, but this is literally something that uh, a person who wants to be an entrepreneur can make a career out of. They can literally teach people some of the educational tools that are offered on this platform, not just uh, some of the, uh, the the consumer perks, but the educational materials, mm-hmm. uh, the travel perks, and, uh, and the build up the assets. But somebody could literally have a full-time job, and they can be aware of this, change their shopping habits, and, and really just offer an opportunity for other people to do the same, to, to remove themselves from the system. But uh, they do enough. There's a, there's a structure where they can mm-hmm. actually make a living and make a yep. career change with this. Yeah, we have a training system in place that people can jump right in, and if they're willing to apply themselves, because it, it, I don't, there is no something for nothing, right? But we we have a system and we have the coaching and mentorship. If somebody's willing to dive in, they can immediately start competing with those gig economy like extra, you know, supplemental income. But then over time, you know, create a leveraged business asset. And um, obviously, we don't have time to get get to that today. And I know that you'll put some some information where people can contact you, and and we'll get information to people that are looking to do that. But there is, I'm going to go back to Uber and Airbnb really quick. Air, uh, Uber, depending who you listen to, valuation between seventy and eighty billion dollars in one service, right? Airbnb, thirty billion dollar company, right? Th- this project, I mean, just getting started. Not even like we're not even fully out of COVID, right? And we grew, the, the idea concept grew significantly during COVID, but it's it's starting to upward trend now, but yet we're just getting started. But if you look at what's here, just about everything you could do in your life, you could do through here, right? I mean, I, I could tell you all kinds of stories. I mean, you could buy a vehicle on an employee discount through our platform right now, right? But but yet we're just getting started. It's month after month. We're going to continue to add. We're going to continue to form new partnerships, and it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Meaning, um, these these platforms are already they're already marrying together people that have products and services with with the people, right? And as the more we bring to the platform, the more people are attracted to it. The more people are attracted to it, the better deals we drive. But not just in the form of little perks of profits. There's trillions of dollars that are going to flow. They're going to flow in these industries anyways in the next five years, like trillions. And then when you start, you know, 2021 per the fountain is really about exploding North America. 
and in 2022 and beyond is going to be about expanding our international reach. Canada is doing very well right now. Uh, Mexico is doing very well right now. And I want to actually mention just Peru because to give you an example, uh, Peru is one of the fastest growing places on the planet right now for this platform. And they only have about half. They're not as developed as what we have because the reality is, is Peru is not as developed. Mm-hmm. Meaning you get too far outside of Lima, you can't do a digital transaction. You can't swipe a credit or debit card. They're not equipped for it. Mm. Right. But they will, right? With the everybody's seen the push to. I mean, I I got on YouTube a few months ago. There, I, there you can find people in Liberia that live in hutches on, with dirt floors that have smartphones. Mm. The world is coming online. Doesn't matter how I feel about it, good or bad. Like that's happening, you know, through five G, through technology, through that. What is it? The Starlight, Elon Musk's. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but remember during 2020, put all the satellites up and people are like, oh, UFOs. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the world's coming online. So there's all these new markets that are going to be hungry. It's the rise of the rest, right? The, as they come online, they want to do what Americans and Canadians and Westerners do. And um, the, 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 the dollars are staggering. You don't have to carve a very big piece of market share in the next two to five years to completely change some things and do it. You know, once you get that in place in terms of a passive income, mm-hmm. right? Have that business asset. And so I just, I love choices. Choices are good, right? Choices are freedom. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, Gary, I, I appreciate this conversation. We've, uh, we don't have all the answers, but we've talked about some possible solutions to the problems we started out with. You know, the, uh, the mentality of what's going to happen with our job security, what's going to happen with the financial security of this country, the fiat money system, and uh, uh, whether we have uh, an inflation or a deflationary period, and what are people going to do to actually uh, plan for the future for from the very real hardships that are going to happen, and then, of course, the technological changes that are taking place. Uh, Gary, you know, we're, we're going to have some material that people can look up. Uh, we're going to put show notes at the end of this podcast, and and uh, is there anything that you want to throw out to, for people to contact you, or do you just want to go through the podcast? How, how do how do we? Yeah, just have them come through. Obviously, you and I are in regular okay. contact. If they've got questions, we love to help usher them into this this consumer rebellion. Whether it's just using the perks, or if somebody's got that entrepreneurial spirit, um, you know, con- get go through Mike, get in contact with Mike, and we'll, we'll get you the support you need. Can you just say the name of the company one more time? Yeah, it's just Life is the name of the company. It stands for Living Intentionally for Excellence. Um, again, tens of millions of dollars of infrastructure paid for, uh, ran by, you know, the two primary founders are a couple of guys named by Inc. Magazine and the top, you know, 50 leadership and management gurus to ever walk the planet. So if you're looking for credibility, I mean, obviously you can go on the internet and you can find anything about anyone, right? Like I, I, I tell people, and I would be a little careful, but this is like, I just say, Google Jesus Christ and see what comes up. Like you can find anything on the internet that doesn't mean in a world where companies hire people to cyberly attack people. Like without a doubt, there is a lot of people out there that don't want to see our consumer rebellion. They don't want to see us help people usher people away from the banks or the credit card companies or any of this kind of stuff. So, you know, you can find anything and everything out there, but if you're, if you're looking for a rock solid integrity in terms of a project that's, that's, you know, going to be here. And I love having a platform because we're not married to any idea. We're not married to any product. And I don't want to be because they're all changing all the time. Right. I, 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 but I love the idea of a platform where it would, you know, 10 years from now, you know, maybe the hot trend will be holographic glasses and maybe Mike, maybe you'll be into those. Maybe you won't. 
Um, but the point is, number one, if you are, you can get some perks. And number two, whether you're into them or not, if they're the hot trend and it's legal, more and ethical, wouldn't you want a piece of it? Absolutely. There you go. So living intentionally for excellence. That sounds very in line with our theme here uh, on the podcast. And so I got to ask you the question I ask all my guests. Gary, are you Invictus? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That's what we like to hear. I want to thank everyone for listening. Gary, thank you for your time and looking forward to uh, seeing what uh, lies in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. All right. All right. Well, there it is. I want to thank Gary once again for taking his time and speaking with us today. I also want to thank the listeners of this show who stuck it out to the very end. It's time to join the Consumer Rebellion. We are looking for good people to join us in our efforts towards non-participation in the imploding financial system. We are calling for entrepreneurs, business owners, or individuals who are interested in earning some rewards for changing their spending habits. We want to help others learn more about financial literacy, leadership skills, and the benefits of leveraging business. If you are interested in speaking to Gary directly or simply would like to get more information about this platform, you can email me at michael at theinvictusmind.com or sign up for our mailing list. Just go to subscribepage.com forward slash consumer rebellion. Once again, that's subscribepage.com forward slash consumer rebellion. And we'll be sure to send you information regarding the next upcoming webinar. This is a tremendous opportunity for the right person with the right mindset, and this information will be permanently available going forward. So once again, please subscribe or feel free to connect with me on any of your favorite social media channels. As always, this is Mike Corbell wishing you to be free, be prosperous, and be unconquerable. Take care. We'll see you soon. 